Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome back to Seeking Witchcraft. I'm your host, Ashley, and today we are going to talk about energy. Specifically, I'm going to talk about how to sense it and ways to raise it. Now, this is a special episode, by the way, everyone, because it's almost the eve of my birthday, which is happening this Saturday the 19th, so if you happen to be listening to this episode around then, I am so happy to be able to share my voice with you during this day. (laughs) That aside, uh, let's go ahead and get into the topic for today. So to start, what exactly is energy anyway? This is something that we hear thrown around all the time. And what exactly does this even have to do with witchcraft anyway? Well, energy is something that is around and within us at all times. And while I'm not going to get into the scientific explanation of this, I'll describe energy for the sake of this episode as something that witches sense and manipulate. Now, the key factor here of what I just said is sensing and manipulation, which are two separate functions that are done, although they usually tend to overlap with one another. So to explain this a little more, let's talk about that first idea, sensing energy. This is something that almost everyone does without even realizing it, even if they're not involved in witchcraft. The most basic example of this is going to be something like going into a room and being able to feel that something took place there previously. Like, let's say walking into a room after there's been a big argument or even something a little bit less morbid or or depressing, something like a engagement, for example. So that's one way you can explain it. But this can also be explained in a different way aside from that stereotypical example. So let's talk about walking maybe into a big space such as a town hall or a giant church or a historical place such as, I don't know, like the Colosseum in Rome, for example, or even a funeral home. No matter what, even if it's just a very small feeling, walking into these spaces will tend to cause you to feel something more that's outside of yourself and outside of any preconceived or experienced emotions that you might have about the place. Places like this will tend to hold up a bunch of energy that is able to be felt by all, even if no one may actually talk about this or vocalize this. So let me give you a personal example. Uh, Over Christmas, the holidays, I recently visited Nashville, Tennessee, and while I was there, I checked out the Parthenon. And if you don't know what the Parthenon is, it's essentially a replica area where they have a replica of the statue of Athena, size and all. And now I'm not somebody who personally works with her, but when you walk into the Parthenon and you get, you go up to the second floor where she's at, there is definitely a palpable energy about being in that room with a gigantic figure of her. But, you know, to make this example a little bit more generalizable, especially people who've never been to the Parthenon or never even heard of this before, I'll say that I've had the same feeling happen to me when I've just looked at artifacts in museums. So... It's that sense of like awe and like there's just this energy to the room that you're in that's separate than the energy you feel when you just walk at home or you're at your job. It's, it's this energetic signature that you're sensing and picking up on. But let me give you another example outside of this. 
Have you ever walked or driven through a downtown area after hours in the dark? Maybe, you know, you went there an hour or so after all the bars and restaurants and shops closed down and there's just that odd feeling in the air of being in a place where there was once a really once a really large group of lively people and now all of a sudden no one's there. Perhaps you might have even felt a similar feeling if you've been working from home like me during this pandemic and you may have stopped into your place of employment to pick something up but it's completely deserted all the lights are off no one's there it's like this weird eerie feeling that you experience being in these spaces this is you picking up the energetic signature of a place and all of this is to say that yes you can and most likely have already experienced sensing energy and it's not as woo woo per se as some people may say that it is But, all right, so what does this have to do with witchcraft? Well, part of witchcraft might involve working with spirits, ancestors, etc. And being able to develop the sense of what energy feels like around you will help to let you know if and when the spirits that you're working with have shown up. It's also going to help you know if something uninvited has entered your space. And, you know, for one of the most important things to be able to sense energy with, it's going to help you when you're casting a circle to know where the boundaries are and to help you literally sense the circle that is around you, which is very much a thing. It sometimes takes some time and practice though, but don't worry, we're going to get into that. But overall, being able to sense energy is an extraordinarily important sense to develop when you are learning witchcraft. And it's something that almost everyone can already do and just needs to be expanded on. So it's not necessarily a brand new skill to learn. Rather, it's something to just develop from a sense that you probably already have. But let's talk about the second function of energy, feeling it. Now, energy is something that with proper practice, most people can learn how to feel it. It might feel different for each person, and I cannot guarantee that everyone listening to this will be able to physically feel it, but I really don't want to discourage you by saying this. Almost everyone I know who has practiced has been able to develop this ability to physically feel it. And for those who I know that can't, they all have their own way of being able to sense it, which honestly is equally as important. Now, for me, this was something that took literal months to learn how to do, but I was pretty lucky in the sense that I had practiced this a lot as a teenager without even realizing that this was involved with witchcraft or Wicca, which was like the, the best part of all of this. <laughs> I was just bored. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, once I got involved in witchcraft, I already had this skill and uh, I was really lucky in that sense. And this is mostly just for me to say that it did take me a very long time to feel anything. But once I did, that ability to sense and literally feel energy never went away. Kind of like riding a bike. You know, once I got a sense for it, I was never never able to not have this ability of it, even though sometimes like it took me a couple extra seconds to kind of be able to get there if I was out of practice per se. You know, I always kind of knew what I was looking out for once I was able to finally feel it. But for me, for energy, it kind of feels like when you try to stick two magnets together, but then there's like that resistance between them and you can't do it. So I feel a resistance. But this resistance usually has a movement or like a pulse to it. And sometimes it pulses really fast and other times very, very slow. Um, Along with that, with sensing energy in a magical space, I can feel like this uh, or it can feel like this usually as I try to manipulate it or I can also sense it while physically feeling it at the same time. So it's kind of similar to 
when you close your eyes and somebody walks into the room, except in this case, there might not be anyone else physically there, you know, trying to sense energy or in my room other than myself. It's the shift in the room as if somebody or something else has come into it that I can feel. And when I say that I can feel it, I don't mean I feel it touching my physical body, but it's just like this, this shift around me. (laughs) It's this really weird way to explain it. Um, But it's definitely apparent when there's something around me. Now, with all that said, I want you to keep in mind that when you are learning to feel energy, the energy itself is very likely going to feel pretty neutral with minimal to no uh, emotion attached to it. Now, keep in mind, I'm specifically talking about feeling energy, not sensing it. Um, Feeling in the sense of like literally feeling it with your hands. (laughs) Kind of think of it like if you're washing your hands under running water, like, you know, from the sink. You can feel the water on your skin and you can manipulate the energy that the water flow is going, but there really is very likely no emotion attached to the water itself that you're feeling. But with that said, I'm going to go ahead and give you some examples of how to sense energy. And just saying, if you have been listening to Seeking Witchcraft since the very beginning, I think the very first episode I did, or like maybe one of the first three, I want to say it was the first one, I did talk about how to feel this, but... This is such an important topic. I think that it warrants its own full episode. So here we go. So the first thing I'm going to say is something called a cyball. At least this is what it was called when I was a teenager looking this up on the internet and trying this out to see, hey, what's this all about? So first things first, there's a couple ways to do this. So if you hold your hands out in front of you, if you're driving, listening to this, don't do this. Wait till you get home where you're stopped someplace safe. Hold your hands out in front of you. I would say give your give yourself maybe like a foot or six inches or you can put your hands close together. Actually, you know what? For this one, I would say put your hands close together. Your mileage may vary for this. Uh, maybe have a couple inches in between your two hands. You know, you don't want to keep your hands super stiff. You kind of want to not have them completely flat, but like just relaxed in front of each other. Um, I would recommend putting your fingers together, and so your palms are facing each other, fingers mostly together, but also just completely relaxed, and closing your eyes. Again, please don't do this if you're driving, (laughs) or need to be paying attention to something else. And so, from here, uh, you want to envision that, well, there's two ways you can do it. So, for this example... Uh, and close your eyes and envision just a, and also if you hear that, I live off a busy road and that is a motorcycle. It's not a demon in my background, (laughs) but but anyway, envision a white or gray mist building between them, or you can change the color to whatever you would like. Um, and while doing this, just imagine if you're sitting on the ground, um, kind of connecting yourself to the ground. Like, so imagine like roots going down. And you pulling that energy up through your body and then eventually having it come out through your arms, out through your hands, and collecting in between your palms. And then after a while, you may experience feeling what I kind of talked about before, this like pulsing feeling, kind of like this magnetic type feeling in the sense of um, not sticking together, but like trying to go apart from each other. If that doesn't work for you, another example, and I... Some people start out with this. I I didn't even know this was a thing until after I already learned how to do this. Um, I am cautious to give this example because I don't want people to use it as a crutch. So keep that in mind. However, I am still going to share it with you because some people may find this very helpful. If you put your hand, your palms together or your hands together and you rub them 
like you're trying to get your hands warm and then you pull them apart after a couple seconds but you have them like not that far from each other you can usually feel some sort of energetic barrier in between your two hands now I just want to make sure that every single time you go to feel energy, you're not rubbing your hands together, which is why I'm cautious to use this example, because I don't want it to be a crutch, as I mentioned. Um, but these are some things that you could do. Um, you know, with this example, as I said, it took me a very long time to feel energy. And actually, the way that I felt it for the first time was not doing either of these. However, all of my buildups were involving putting my my palms by each other and trying to feel something in between them what actually got me to feel energy for the first time was after months of doing that and not getting anywhere with it one day i was at home and there was this huge rainstorm that was happening outside it, like the skies just all of a sudden it went black and there was thunder and lightning and it was insane and i was like oh this is cool i'm gonna try to use the energy from the storm and like see what happens <laughs> you know not thinking anything of it so instead of putting my palms together, what I did was I went to a window in my bedroom and oh, this is probably not the most safe to do considering it's a massive storm, but whatever, I did it. And I put my palms out, not touching the glass of the window, but kind of like an inch or so away from that glass. And I really focused on trying to feel the energy of the storm coming towards me, like, like what I mentioned earlier with the roots and out through my hands and like pressing against the glass of the window. And let me tell you, within a couple, like a minute or two, I felt it. I felt this resistance between my hand and the glass pane on the window. And like, I'll never forget that moment because that was like something I had been waiting for for so long. I was so, so, so excited. It finally worked for me. And ever since then, I was able to feel energy. However, I do remember I spent hours upon hours upon hours sitting in my living room after that one encounter with the storm and practicing feeling energy between my hands um, and being able to feel it in that format uh, that was different than putting my hands up on the window. And eventually I got it. Took a lot of time, a lot of practice, but um, all this to say is it can happen, but do not get discouraged if it takes you a long time because it certainly took me a long ass time to feel this. <laughs> All right, so now that we've talked about sensing and feeling energy, let's put them together. This function is commonly done by witches when doing something like performing a spell. You don't have to do this before every single spell that you do. However, I very highly recommend that you do some sort of energy raising. I think it's going to give you a little bit more bang for your buck versus not doing this. Um, but if you're just starting out and this is totally new and you've done a lot of successful spells that haven't involved what I'm about to tell you, like totally fine. Um, however, I would recommend putting some energy raising behind your next spell. All right, so to do a basic spell, in the example I'm talking about, a witch may raise energy, feel the energy that's around them, send it off into a target, and then the witch would be able to sense once it's done. Cool, all right, let's break this down a little bit more of what I just said. So the first thing to talk about would be raising energy. And there are a ton of ways this can be done. I'm not even going to explain every way this can be done because it's it's a lot. But uh, one of the most basic examples to do this is simple ways like dancing, running, anything that's going to get your heart rate up. And you can also incorporate other things into this, like using things like drums to help control the flow of energy. So 
For example, if you're raising energy as a group and you want to raise a lot of energy really, really fast, you can ask somebody to play a fast drum beat or, you know, play a recording of one while everyone dances around to the rhythm. Or the opposite can happen if you want to slowly raise energy until you get this peak, which is a good thing to do. Like if you are doing a very long working and you don't want to just raise all the energy in a couple, in like a minute, you want to spend like maybe 15 minutes or so, like really putting your all into this. Uh, you might ask them to play a slow drum beat or one that just progressively gets faster and faster. So um, you might also incorporate some controlled breathing into this, which I'm going to get into breathing in a moment. Uh, but before that, with the dancing, uh, a thing that's also very popular to do with this is singing or chanting. Now, I do have an upcoming episode planned about using your voice in witchcraft, so stay tuned for this. So I'm not going to get too into that for this episode, but chanting while you're dancing around a circle can definitely help to raise energy. And it also helps you focus on what you're doing and kind of tunes everything else out. So there are some pretty popular chants out there. You know, there's something like, there's uh, the ones like hoof and horn, which is related to we all come from the goddess. There's the horn one chant. There's the chant with like the different goddess names like Isis, Sarte, Diana, Hecate, Demeter, Kali, and Anna. <laughs> I'm not gonna do all these chants here. Um, the other one of hoof and horn goes like, um, hoof and horn, hoof and horn, all that's, all that's died, that shall be reborn, corn and grain, corn and grain, all that falls shall rise again. And then the we all come from the goddesses, we all come from the goddess, and to her we shall return, like a drop of rain flowing to the ocean. That's obviously not how you chant it, but those are the words to it. Um, you know, I might have missed a word here and there, or switched it around, but essentially those are the words to those chants. So if you're curious, you can Google them. They're very, very popular. There is a reclaiming album on Spotify, I think from like 1997, where they have a lot of those chants on there. But truthfully, if you just Google or look up popular Wiccan chants on Spotify, you're bound to come across hundreds of them. As I mentioned, the three I just said are pretty popular. Most general pagans will know those. Um, Chanting is just like a cool way to, you know, get yourself in the zone to help raise the energy. It can also help with trance. Um which I'm going to kind of talk about that in a second. But uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about is breath work. So breath work is another way to raise energy and alter your state of mind. And breath work is something that my coven sister is really, really into. So she actually wrote a whole thing on this topic as um, it's something as I mentioned, she, she, she's really into this. One time I saw her doing some breath work and I didn't know like this was something that she did <laughs> And after the circle. I was like, so what was that that you were doing? And I was so interested in it. But um, my common sister wrote in this thing she wrote about breath work that slow and deep controlled breaths can induce a state of relaxation and lower the heart rate, perhaps aiding uh, one while slipping into a meditative state. And rapid and shallow controlled breath of uh, to contrast, may heighten one's heart rate and blood pressure, and the increase in oxygen may create a high or floating feeling, helping to raise energy or reach a state of trance. All right, trance. There's that word again. Now, trance is a whole nother topic that perhaps I should have an episode on in the future because it's very relevant to witchcraft and Wicca. Um, but you know what? For now, let's just stick to raising energy. And if anybody's interested about hearing about trance, let me know. <laughs> that is a whole topic on its own. 
another thing that my coven sister had told me about was using alms as a way to raise or uh, to use your breath. Um, so for example, if you start with this, so like, um, I'm not, I don't, you know, the O M M M that word, <laughs> if you have, if you do this with shallow breathing, you'll have a much different intensity of energy compared to taking a really deep breath and saying um forcefully, but also slowly during an exhale. The energy raised during this is something that is kind of like, it's felt like internally, and it, it's something that you can really practice with over time. Uh, another one is called circular breathing. So this is when you take deep or gentle breaths in and out without pausing. So... I love the breath sound on as my example for this, but um, doing this loudly is a really, really, really good way to raise energy. But keep in mind that this is something that can make you lightheaded. So if you're going to do this, please proceed with caution. Uh, this can increase the oxygen in your blood. It's essentially hyperventilating if you do it really, really, really fast, which can cause you to pass out. So please be careful. However, it is a fantastic way to... Uh, raise energy, especially if you don't have the means to do something like running around. Um, you could just very well do it while sitting in a single place. The last example using breath work is something called the building breath. And the building breath refers to increasing the intensity of your breathing, which is feeding back into the growth of energy that you're seeking to build. So to increase the intensity, what you're going to do is you're going to breathe harder breathe louder, increase the depths of your breath kind of into your, your stomach, and then increasing the speed of your breathing. So you're going to do this all in a row. Um, you should play with these variations to find what works best for you. And once you know your patterns and preferences, you might be able to experience the climax of energy a little bit easier. Um, and you'll be able to sense when that's finally, when that, when that is there, which is really, really useful in spell work. But all right. So now you've picked one of these examples of raising energy. You felt what it feels like when it's reached this peak. Your next role would be to focus on sending that energy to your target. So this can be done doing something like, you know, you raise all these energy, all this energy, and you kind of want to like focus on something. So perhaps you made a sigil for whatever working you're doing. You carved a candle. Maybe you're thinking of an image of a person that you're trying to heal. Whatever it is, you're sending that energy that was just raised into that whatever you're choosing <laughs> to uh, get the outcome that you want. All right. So after you do that, uh, it, it, this is actually also where sensing the energy comes into play as this is what helps you know once the peak is reached, when it's being sent, and when it has been sent and it's done being sent. And as I mentioned before, it also lets you know if someone or something is visiting your circle or your space that you can't physically see, if you catch my drift. But yeah, so with that, there you have it. <laughs> now, keep in mind that this all may sound pretty simple on paper or via audio. I guess that'd be the more appropriate term to use. This is something that may take some time for people to develop. Not everyone is able to get their senses in tune on day one or even day 100, but that does not mean that you shouldn't try these techniques out or just because you don't feel or you can't or you don't feel anything that, you know, it's not going to happen for you. 
if anything, this is exactly why you should practice this. You can't force yourself to be able to go, like sense energy just by reading about it or listening to this podcast or, I don't know, trying it once and being like, oh, it didn't work. You need to actually go out there, experiment, see what you can experience for yourself and practice. Witchcraft takes time, dedication, and practice. And, you know, some people are able to tap into things more naturally or quicker than others, but please, I am encouraging you to not feel bad if this takes you a bit of time to feel for yourself. And anyways, witchcraft is all about your personal experiences and journeys. You really have to go out there and find what works for you. And I know I say this all the time, but it really, really is true. But alrighty, guys. So thank you everyone so much for listening. I hope you found this episode to be educational and hopefully useful for your practice. As I mentioned, I do have another episode on the horizon coming out about the voice. So keep an eye out for that one. And if there's an episode you'd like to hear in the future, like the trance episode or any other episode topic, please send me a message and let me know. Or if there's anybody you ever want me to have on the podcast, please also feel free to let me know. Um, Perhaps let them know too. I'm always open to having a guest on with me. Uh, And if you want to figure out how to let me know, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. My Facebook is Seeking Witchcraft Podcast. Uh, You can send me a message or I also have a Facebook group called Witches Seeking Witchcraft. If you join the group, feel free to post your suggestions in there. I have a Twitter. It's at Seek Witchcraft. So just, it's not Seeking Witchcraft, just Seek Witchcraft. Instagram is Seeking Witchcraft, all one word. And Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Seeking Witchcraft. And also shout out to the patrons who support this podcast. You guys are amazing. We recently had a social call the other day, like a video chat that lasted for over four hours. (laughs) It was like the middle of Saturday too. It was great. It was some of the most fun I've had in a really, really long time. And it was honestly just so great being able to talk to everybody and you know, get to meet some new people, but also talk to people who've been in this for a bit. And, and really like, you know, the, the group of people that we have on Patreon, I, I, I really love talking to them. We kind of have this little community going where I know most, or not, not everybody, but there have been people who've been coming for a long time to the book clubs and such. And, you know, at this point, it's like, I know where they're at on their journey. And like, I get so excited to talk with them. because I'm just like, Oh, my gosh, like, give me all the updates. How are you doing? What's up? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I really, I really love talking to people on the discord associated with the Patreon. So thank you so much, everybody who supports it. I, I truthfully really appreciate it so much. And, uh, you know, we're going to be meeting up on March 2nd, I believe it is or whatever that Saturday is, the first weekend in March, to start our next book club where we're going to be reading Earth, Fire, Water, and Air, More Techniques of Natural Magic by Scott Cunningham. That was the book that was voted on for us to read. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to go through that book pretty quickly, so we're probably going to be picking a new book sometime soon here. And if you'd like to join our book club or, you know, support the show, you can do so by signing up for my Patreon. Again, it's patreon.com seekingwitchcraft. And yeah. Um, thanks again, everyone for listening and thanks for sharing this special birthday weekend episode with me. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry for the lack of episodes recently. I feel like over the the couple years I've been doing the podcast now, which is wild to say a couple years, geez, uh, I always kind of go my downtime now in the winter. So this isn't super uncommon. Um, but you know, we just had, you know, 
the Feast of Torches, <laughs> like the Feast of Torches, uh, the story behind that Sabbath, you know, things are starting to come back into the earth and into fruition. So I'm hoping the same for the podcast. As I mentioned, I do have some episodes on the horizon. So, all right. Thanks again, everyone for listening. And I will talk to you all very soon. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.